0: I'd like to begin by asking you a question. At what point does the reality of death become real to us? I mean, we use this word death in everyday terms to describe experiences that we have that are ending or have come to an end. We talk about the death of a relationship. We talk about the death of a dream. Our phones die. We are caught in a dead-end job. We feel like we had a killer workout at the gym where we were going to die. We use this word death to describe normal everyday experiences, but at what point does death our own personal future death become real to us? I mean do we have to go to the a funeral of a loved one for it to become real to us? Do we have to become old where we know that our days are numbered or get diagnosed with a terminal disease do we have to uh, survive a near-death accident or end up in a hospital where we're forced to contemplate the fragile nature of life. At what point does death become real to us? I've experienced all of those experiences. I've gone to the funeral of loved ones. Uh, I've become old or older. I've seen members of my own family have terminal diseases and pass away. Twice I survived a near-fatal accident, a uh, car accident, over the past couple of years. And I've been in the hospital several times when people have taken their very last breath. Do you think those experiences got me to think about death? What is it that gets us to think about the reality of death in our own lives? Maybe it's one of those experiences. Maybe it requires a society-wide experience that we have where life itself is upended, where we go through this massive disruption and dispersion of our entire uh, way of life as we know it. The coronavirus event has resulted in more people writing their own wills and more people applying for life insurance than at any other time in recent memory. Facing the reality of our own death is a very important experience that we are to have as human beings because what it does is it it causes us to have an urgency to the time that we are spending here on Earth It reveals what we truly believe about life, and it brings meaning and direction to how we want to live. There's two events that are happening in our culture right now that are converging and forcing us to think about the nature of death, the coronavirus, and the crucifixion and death of Jesus Christ on Good Friday. I've been telling the guys at our church that uh, recently, about a month ago, before we were all in lockdown, I went to a, a local seafood restaurant and I was wearing a Christian shirt and the, the young man who was taking my order, he turned to me and he said, are you Christian? And I said, yes, I am. He said, what do you think of everything that's going on right now with the coronavirus? Um, I'm scared. What do you think it means? And I just said the first thing that came to my mind that God gave me and I looked him in the eye and I said, I think it means that you need to ask whether you're right with God. And he immediately answered, you're right, I'm not. Can you pray for me and my family? And I said, well, why don't I just pray for you right now? And he said, okay, that'd be great. And so I just prayed for him in that moment. God, would you reveal yourself to to this young man? Would you show that that Jesus Christ has come to live the life you could not and die on the cross to overcome sin and death and to rise again on the third day so that anyone who would follow him would have new life for him and his family. I pray you protect his family during this time and show yourself to be his Lord God. Amen and amen. And he said, thank you. I gave him a card, invited him to church. But this young man said, what do you think it means I'm scared and I'm not right with God? And I think in light of that conversation, uh, that's a good theme for us here tonight. That tonight is really about pausing, It's about us reflecting and listening and asking the question, how is God trying to reach me in order to make sure I am right with him?
1: Hi, I wrote a
2: song about the crucifixion of Jesus and... What I really wanted to emphasize was uh, how Jesus felt and what he went through. Um, Many people know that uh, he suffered physically, but it's important to know that he also suffered mentally uh, for our sakes. And uh, I also mentioned the Via Dolorosa, and that's pretty much the road Jesus walked on when he carried the cross. Uh, This one's called For Eternity.
1: We're scared and alone, praying God, please take this cup. But if not, it's your will, not my own. hide and watch you as you die, but you knew from the start you gave your life so that we won't be apart, you were betrayed, no one believed, you chose to stay. And all of my shame carried my guilt and washed it away of oh, the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, laid in the tomb to rise again for eternity. Every step was a chance to. cross on the street, the Via Dolorosa, but you knew from the start you'd give your life so that we won't be apart, you were betrayed, no one believed, you chose to stay. Took my sins and all of my shame, carried my guilt and washed it away. Oh, blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, laid in the tomb to rise again for eternity.
0: The problem that the human race has ever had is the problem of death. Uh, Despite all of our medical and technological advances as a society, despite all of our safeguards that we have to protect us against the dangers of the natural environment, despite our uh, endless search for some kind of mythological fountain of youth, we have not been able to solve the problem of human physical death through our own human ingenuity. The Apostles James, the Apostles Peter, and the writer of Hebrews uh, agreed with that. They described man as as destined to die. The Apostle James said that our lives are like a vapor. They're like the mist that appears for just a moment and then vanishes. The Apostle Peter said that our lives are like uh, the beauty, the splendor of the grass of the field and the flowers of the field that look beautiful for a moment, but then they soon wither And fade and die away. The writer of Hebrews said it more directly. He said, Man is condemned to die once and then to face the judgment. Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, was not primarily interested in saving us from physical death. He was primarily interested in saving us from spiritual death. He said to the religious leaders in John chapter 8 that uh, you we are from below, but he is from above. We are of this world, but he is not of this world. And he said in John chapter 8, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am God, you will die in your sins. Jesus never promised us that we wouldn't die physically. Even Jesus couldn't promise that. What Jesus promised us is that we wouldn't have to die in our sins, both in this life or in the life to come. And I think it raises several uh, important questions for us here on Good Friday. Questions like, do we believe that we are dying of our sins? Do we believe that we have lived apart from God in the past or are living apart and separated from God in the present because of the death that is within us, the spiritual death? Do we believe it's possible that through the death of Christ, that he can remove death in us. The Apostle Peter said it this way, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but being made alive in the Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter says that Christ suffered for our sins. In his body. Even though he was alive in spirit. He was the righteous one. We are the unrighteous ones. And he did that so that we could be brought together. With God. I think the question that we need to be asking ourselves right now. On Good Friday is. What does that look like? What does it look like? When we choose to place our faith. In the death of Jesus Christ. And replace the spiritual death. Within us. And uh, with the The atoning. Saving work of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. What does that look like in real life? We asked several members of our church to make a one to three minute video giving a testimony of how um, their own spiritual death has identified with the death of Christ on the cross and how that has changed them. And what we did was we sent out several questions to the people in our church and we asked them to choose just one question, make a one to three minute video and address this question from your own personal life. Um, I'll share with you some of the questions that they had to choose from. One of the questions was, if I knew I would die from the coronavirus in the coming weeks, how would I then spend my last days? How have my actions led to the murder of Jesus? Is God's love for me best expressed in his death for me? How have I lived as an enemy of God needing reconciliation with God? How have I renounced living for myself because Christ died and was resurrected for me? How has my old life been crucified with Christ? Another, some more questions we gave them to choose from. If my faith, has, with, in my, my faith in Jesus has died, has Jesus left me for dead? Jesus weeps over my suffering and relates to my suffering having suffered himself. What significance does this have for me? Is my past denial and abandonment of Jesus beyond his forgiveness? And did Jesus have to die so that I could live? We're going to hear now several testimonies of how the death of Christ has met people in their own personal lives and changed them. Let's listen now.
3: If I knew that I would die from the coronavirus in the coming weeks, How would I then spend the last of my days? Well after thinking about this for a little bit, I thought about how I might try to enjoy um, really good food like sushi. I also thought about how I might try and jump on those really cheap plane tickets using some of the stimulus money um, that we are going to all be given. I definitely thought about how much more I would be in contact with people that I love, my friends and family, and just trying to spend as much time with them as possible before I died. Um, but in all honesty, those things are great um, and all, and, but I have been really thinking about this idea of dying. And in this time, and 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 death, and what that means um, for me, and I know that I have a place to go after I pass away. I have a hope that I'm going to go and be with um, with Jesus, and I'm going to be with God the Father, um, and I'm going to be with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who have also passed away. But the the reality is that so many people don't yet know the Lord, and. In this time um, that I I have been thinking about what would happen if I was to get sick and die, I've been really, well, I say I, but God has really put on my heart to just be in prayer and to be spending time in, in his word and to just be continuing to to learn more about who he is and just trying to share that as much with those around me he has really put the importance of prayer on my heart and in my mind and one of the verses or two of the verses that came to mind was in first peter 4 7 he tells us the end of all things is near therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray and colossians 4 2 devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that god may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of christ Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Um, So how would I spend my last days? I would spend my last days doing some of the above, the first things like spending time with loved ones, but most importantly, I would just be spending time in prayer and praying for those who don't yet know the Lord. Hello,
4: this is Nicole, and I am answering the question of how has my old life been crucified with Christ? So one of the huge ways that my old life has been crucified with Christ is in regards to material wealth. My father passed away during his bankruptcy, and that left my family with a really big financial burden. I was, by sponsorship, able to keep going to an international school in Hong Kong, my hometown, but all my classmates were very wealthy. I had moved from a really nice apartment to a smaller home, and I was very careful with my spending. But I saw my classmates' huge, beautiful houses. Um, They're really big families with tons of siblings that get along all the time. Um, How people all had nice vacations once or twice a year. And I had none of that. I would get really angry when people win prizes at TV shows or game shows because I would think, why can't that be me? Like, why can't I be the lucky one who wins something for once? I felt really limited with my lack of money and resources and I was very stingy about spending and giving. And this lasted from elementary all throughout middle school and also when I started to dream about college. I hated my hometown in Hong Kong and I was fascinated by the outside world and I dreamed of going overseas to Europe or Australia or anywhere else for college. I did Plenty of research about different countries and I would walk on the streets of other places using Google Maps street view function just to see like what it was like outside. Um, I felt like I couldn't do anything I wanted because I was limited by money and I was very angry. When I rededicated my life to Christ around ninth grade, my relationship with God blossomed and I found that there was nothing better and sweeter than knowing Jesus. I recognize the vanity of all things of this earth and the eternal treasure that is Jesus Christ, who is good, perfect, and infinite. In him, I can find my purpose, and in him, I can be fully satisfied. In giving up my bitterness and idolatry of money, I have found joy in my everyday life, in every circumstance, and every financial status. Whether I am in Hong Kong or overseas, earning money or not, I am learning, as Paul says in Philippines, to be content in every circumstance to know how to be brought low, and to know how to abound. In Christ, I can face every circumstance and every need, and I wish to go wherever God brings me, wherever that, whatever that may look like. I see today that um, the many ways that God has provided for me in every way that I lack, both spiritually and financially. This bitterness and obsession with wealth is crucified and no longer a part of me. And I look forward to the treasures stored in heaven, and an eternity with Christ that is richer and sweeter than anything else on this earth.
2: Okay, um, how has my old life been crucified with Christ? Um, it's pretty much when uh, I guess, like when I got baptized, that's when I, you know, truly made the decision in my heart to, um, to follow God. Um, whether as before my old life, um, you know, I was so angry. I tried to be happy by myself and just find things that will make me happy. And I never found those things. Um, so it was really humbling when I, I just had nothing and, uh, God just put it in my heart to, you know, seek him out. And, uh, as soon as I did that, then, you know, I realized that having my own purpose and my own goals and all that, all that things in in this world, it's not going to bring me happiness and it's not going to, um, like there's just no blessings in that direction. Um, but when I started seeking Christ, I've just been blessed, like, like, uh, like crazy, like like, with people, like, friends, um, just, uh, the gift of, um, fellowship and community, like, community, um, and so, yeah, I think my old life was crucified with Christ because he made it, uh, he made it, like, a choice, like, he made it, uh, easy, able for me to, um, just go to him and repent and just start with a new, with a new life, um, with Christ who, you know, lives in my heart. And, yeah.
5: Leading up to Good Friday and Easter, I always end up thinking about who I identify most with in the piece of history that is Jesus' crucifixion, Um, whether it's the disciples in the garden who fell asleep uh, while praying with Jesus, Peter, who tries to follow Jesus to the cross, but conceals himself in the crowd, denying his friendship with him, Judas, who betrays Jesus, or the crowd of Jews um, that cheered when Jesus was crucified. And um, I've usually ended up identifying with the crowd of Jews um, cheering because I am scared to put myself out there as a Christian, um, fearing the ridicule and the judgment that comes with it sometimes, um, knowing that I place my faith in a higher being and not anything of this world. But I was convicted this week reading First Peter 3. Um, verse 15 says to honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And too often I don't do that, but I am reminded... Um, This week, to always have that as a ready reason why I am not anxious or scared during this pandemic, but um, I have hope in Jesus that God is in control of everything, and he knows what he's doing up there.
6: Hi, church family. I miss you all. This is some of my reflections from the COVID-19 quarantine. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised up again. 2 Corinthians 5.15. In this time when many people's lives have been shaken, my life has not changed dramatically. I still have the same schedule, school, chores, and continue to practice my music. The biggest difference that I recognize when I'm staying home, however, is how I seek to entertain myself by playing games and playing basketball outside. Even though I find myself with a fair amount of time, I'm still attempting to do the will of myself by trying to jam activities other than praying and reading the word of God. However, after seeing my parents and the leaders in the church in the midst of this, still working diligently in the ministry, I saw how dedicated to the cross they were, and I wanted that. In this time, God continues to stay committed through leading me faithfully. I now desire to be dedicated to the cross and live for Christ rather than living for the will of myself. Thank you for listening. God
7: bless. I grew up in the church with two strong Christian parents. I was quick to proclaim my faith in Jesus because it was all I had never known, and I had no reason not to believe in him. I had always felt comfortable and accepted in church and found my community there. However, when my family moved from Southern California to Washington, I struggled to make that transition. Even in church, the place I had always felt most accepted, I found myself feeling the most alone. Everyone in my church had grown up together, and being the only girl in my grade, I really struggled to fit in. I grew anxious, shy, and fearful of what my peers would think of me, to the point where I would not speak. I feared rejection so much that I'd stop going to Sunday school altogether and start sitting in the main service with my parents. When I was old enough to go to youth group, I would sit by myself. Despite the feelings I had in my own experiences with loneliness, Jesus was exp- um, despised and rejected by each of us. When he was on earth, he was despised and rejected by men. He was sinless, yet people hated him, and he was crucified by them but he loved us he loves me so much that he willingly faced rejection experienced loneliness to the greatest extent that when he became sin for our sake for my sake that he would feel even he would even feel forsaken and abandoned by God even if I am rejected by the world God is always there for me and the little loneliness that I have experienced I felt so miserable and would never wish anyone else to experience that But God willingly experienced a greater sense of loneliness and abandonment for my sake. And that is how much he loves me.
8: Hey, church family. This is like take 10 because I'm having a hard time getting this in under three minutes. But here goes. I'd like to respond to one of the questions that Pastor Chris posed to us. If I knew that I was going to die of the coronavirus in the coming weeks, how would I spend my last days? Well, being that I would be in complete physical isolation and feeling pretty miserable, physically at least, there would be a real urgency, finally, a real urgency and a boldness within me to share the gospel like never before. Yeah, all my friends know I'm a Christian, all my family, my coworkers. And I've shared the gospel with many, if not most of them. But there would be a real urgency and a real passion to share just how awesome Jesus is, like I'd never done before. I would finally stop being afraid of being inconsiderate of people's feelings, of being offensive. I would stop being afraid of not being polite or of being obnoxious. I would stop worrying about friends not wanting to hang out with me anymore. Because uh, it wouldn't matter (laughs) because, frankly, I'd be dead in a couple weeks. I would finally be focused razor sharp on sharing about the most wonderful person in the world Jesus about sharing the most miraculous experiences that I've had in my life with God I when I first read Chris Chris's question I thought of 2 Corinthians 5:20 which says Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I love how it says, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I want to be someone who begs people on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. I need to stop worrying about what people think and worry more about what God thinks. And I really hope that this time of sheltering in place, God would change my heart. I know he will. I just need to listen to him and obey. Thank you.
9: I think that as a young person, it's very, very easy for me to put my worth in my achievements and what society says that I can offer to the world. Um, But in knowing that Jesus Christ died and resurrected for my sin, Um, It has motivated me to live outwardly because I know that I can't do anything to earn my own faith. Um, I think I've come to understand that my achievements don't stop at me and that the work that I do is to bring glory to God. And it is only by him that I'm able to do the things that I do. Um, And that has really helped me to trust and submit um, to him, even when I don't understand things like when the coronavirus hits and I'm called back home and I can't go to commencement or I can't finished projects that I was really banking on doing for myself. Um, but, um, in having this framework of knowing the gospel and in knowing exactly what Christ has done, um, for me, I found a lot of peace and comfort and know that, yeah, that there are things that I can plan and prepare for. Um, but ultimately it is up to God and it is, um, just through him that I'm able to do the things that
4: I do today.
10: If I knew I was going to die from the coronavirus in the coming weeks, how would I spend my last days? Hopefully uh, not really different than I'm spending my days currently. Um, I think ever since my dad passed away about 10 years ago, death and faith became uh, two things just very real in my life. And so I sought to just live my life for Christ and for the gospel, uh, just wanting to be spent for His glory. And so hopefully, you know, realistically speaking, there wouldn't be much change in the way I live my life, the way that I seek to serve people and love people. Um, I think definitely, you know, there's that urgency for the gospel and just being able to share that with certain friends and family. Um But, uh, yeah, just, you know, doing everything that I can to just um, bless others, to serve the Lord, to uh, just make an impact for God's kingdom in whatever time I have on this earth. And so, yeah, again, I think realistically, hopefully, that there wouldn't be much change, that the way that I'm living now already— reflects someone who sees their life as uh, very temporary and um, something that can be taken uh, in the blink of an eye and somebody that lives with heaven as their home uh, just knowing that there is uh, so much more in eternity in heaven with the Lord than here on earth so yeah hopefully i you wouldn't see much difference, um, hopefully, in increased faith, maybe, and just a, a, an urgency with the gospel message for those around me that have not confessed Christ as their Lord and Savior.
11: Did Jesus have to die so that I could live? Um, if any one of you could have seen or met a version of me from high school, I think you'd be very surprised. You know, I was always so angry I despaired. I was always depressed. I was a chain smoker. I was a pothead, and uh, just had the foulest language um, imaginable. Um, and when I discovered who God was and who I am in Christ, it was amazing. You know, I I, I think back, and I'm I'm so filled with shame uh, for the way I behaved. Um, You know, it's, it's funny. Like when, if I had the opportunity to repay someone back for sinning against me, I know that I would take back far more than what was taken from me, you know, and to know that God is so good and so holy that, that Jesus would suffer and die, not just for my sins, but for all of us, you know, and completely um, without sinning. And then now to look upon me with the same love that he has for his son, Um, it's just amazing to me.
12: Is my past denial and abandonment of Jesus beyond his forgiveness? Well, as long as I have breath in my lungs, my answer is no, I'm not beyond his forgiveness. Um, for several years in my twenties, I walked away from my faith in God and I lived for myself. I looked for comfort, acceptance, and love in the things of this world and in other people um, and not in God. Um, My abandonment of Jesus was a betrayal because I knew the truth and I had been set free yet still I put myself back into bondage um, of sin to sin. Um, But when I came back to him, the love and acceptance I felt from God was overwhelming. And I didn't have to do anything to earn it back, Uh, to earn my way back. I just had to come to him and fall at his feet. Um, And he was just waiting for me with forgiveness and mercy and grace.
0: When does the reality of death become real to us? Answer, it is when we look to the cross of Jesus Christ and his death, and when we look to the lives of people who have had their lives changed through the death of Christ, because it is when we look at the cross and the people's lives who have been changed through that, that we realize the depth of the evil that lives within us, causing us to become spiritually dead. It is when we look to the cross and people's lives who have been changed by that, that we get a sense of the grave nature of God's judgment that awaits for every single human being that has not confessed themselves as as a follower of jesus christ that awaits them in death that judgment but also we have great hope when we look to the cross of jesus christ that death becomes real to us when we understand that it is through his crucifixion that god's love was shown to us to us um, that he experienced death for us so that we would not have to experience that it is when we look to the cross that we understand God's great forgiveness for us, that he desires to release us from the experience of spiritual death. And it is when we look to the cross that we understand that God desires for us to be reconciled with him and to turn the death that awaits us into spiritual life through Christ. I love the way Jesus said it in John chapter 3, verse 16. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The cross of Jesus Christ is the meaning of Good Friday because it was when Jesus died that God expressed his full love towards us, that Jesus took the sin and the punishment that we deserved on the cross so that we would not have to experience that. He defeated death on the cross so that we would not have to live in fear of death. And that he offers eternal life for anyone who would believe in him, who would trust in him, who would follow him as Lord and Savior. Have you done that? The Bible says that if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. And uh, if you haven't done that, do this tonight. The Lord is saying to you that the greatest problem that you will ever face is the problem of your death, the problem of your spiritual death, both now and in eternity. And Jesus Christ is taking care of that on the cross for all who would believe and follow him. Maybe you're out there tonight and you've you've gone astray from your faith. Maybe you've lived year after year um, away from the faith that you once professed. And the fact that you're watching this, I believe it's God's way of saying to you that Jesus Christ, his death, is enough to bring you back to himself. And so to recommit yourself, to trust in him, to follow him, to receive the forgiveness that you've been lacking in your life. God has that for you here tonight. And so I pray you would do that. Right now we're going to receive communion Uh, What better time to receive communion, the symbolic broken body and the symbolic shed blood uh, through the juice uh, representing Christ's shed blood and his broken body on the cross. And as we receive this, for all of us who uh, remember his death, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that as often as you take the bread and take the juice, take the wine, that you declare Uh, the death of the Lord until his return. And so for all of us who believe, for all of us who remember his death on the cross, um, I believe that there's a blessing for us. I believe that um, God gives us his grace. There's sanctifying work that happens in some way as we step out in faith and we remember his death and our need for his death in our life. And so um, I wanna pray for us and we'll go ahead and receive the elements uh, now. Lord, would you bless this time as we um, remember the death of Christ on the cross and his broken body and shed blood, I pray, Lord, that um, you would do a sanctifying work, um, a forgiving work, a cleansing work, um, as we remember Christ's death on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have the bread, you can go ahead and receive that now. And if you have uh, the juice... Go ahead and receive that now. We want to thank you for uh, joining us for this Good Friday service. Um, We are blessed that you chose to uh, worship the Lord with us. We're going to go ahead and close right now in a song of worship. But before we do, I want to invite you to our Easter service. Um, It's on our website, citybible.church. As we celebrate our risen Lord on Sunday together. So let's uh, go ahead and close in, in a song of worship. And God bless you guys.